if Splinter had trained Anakin Skywalker, there never would have been a Darth Vader. <laughs> Four turtles, not one of them turned to the dark side. Not one of them. He runs a tight sewer. <laughs> we have to go back. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And Happy New Year, everyone. It is 2018. When did that happen? Man, like days ago. Oh, yeah. And we are kicking off the year strong with the 1990 comic book turned cartoon turned comic book based on the cartoon turned into this movie that we're reviewing none other than teenage mutant ninja turtles heroes in a half shell total power and i believe at one point also turned ice musical um very close they were a band the ninja turtles were a band and they did go on tour uh it was called the out of the shells tour and the whole thing was on ice? Um, no, you're thinking about Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, that had vanilla ice. You're right. That must be what I was thinking. <laughs> yep. Which That's was, he, his whole performance was on ice. So, yes. Oh, okay. Guys, it's uh, it's been 18 years. This movie is now old enough to buy a ticket for itself to go see a much more violent movie. <laughs> Well, Ricky, I think you're not carrying the one because this movie is 28 years old. What did I say? Did I say 18? <laughs> yeah. This movie is old enough to take its 10-year-old son. Wait, I don't think that works. Oh, my gosh. I So, I, yeah, I forgot that the 90s were just 18 years ago. Yeah, um, yeah. Wow. Great. 28 Off years old. Yeah. Off to a great start. Yeah, 28 years ago uh, making this movie. Um, yeah, so I'll just let this sink in for all our listeners uh, who have uh, who remember seeing this movie in theaters. Your youth is behind you. Welcome to the podcast. Mm -hmm. And Ricky, why did we pick Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to do this week? Well, um, I had a birthday recently. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, and we somewhat started a tradition of reviewing movies that came out um, around my birth year. Um, I thought this movie came out in 1989, um, but that was just me trying to insert myself into Ninja Turtle history. Uh, the movie was in production in 1989. It came out in 1990. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. there is pizza egg on my face, but we're going to still review the movie because Turtles, guys! Ninja yeah, Turtles we was... Yeah. Well, we also have a tradition of reviewing movies that we really like on our birthdays. <laughs> true, very true. Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, and so that's what brings us here to one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, but we we will get to that very shortly. But guys, let's dive into some history. It was the year was 1990. The cartoon show Ninja Turtles was at its high it was released in 1987 as an animated cartoon originally released as a comic book in 1984 by kevin eastman and peter laird they are a duo that created Mir mirage studios and wrote ninja turtles because they were a big fan of comics like daredevil 
Um, and that's why there is like kind of loose connection to the Ninja Turtles and Daredevil. Daredevil's mentor was Stick. The Ninja Turtles mentor is Master Splinter. Um, it was an indie comic. These guys basically just took their tax return money and said, let's make a comic. And they did. And it blew up into a multi-million dollar franchise that has spanned two decades. Uh, and it's just an amazing thing. So um, when the, it was time to make this movie, uh, you would think the Ninja Turtles are the most popular cartoon show. Merchandise is crazy good. Um, you would think that studios would be like knocking down, you know, directors doors to get this movie. But major studios such as Walt Disney, Columbia Pictures, MGM, um, and Paramount, who eventually did uh, acquire the Ninja Turtle property in 2009, and even Warner Brothers turned down the first film for distribution because they were worried that it could potentially be a box office disappointment, just like Masters of the Universe, the uh, mm. live action movie based off of He-Man and the Master of the Universe. Uh, it did not do well, so they were worried that that would be a repeat. But what they didn't know is that they had something that Masters of the Universe didn't have. Jim Turtles. Henson. Oh, and Turtles. Turtles and Jim Henson. Pizza. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Jim Henson, if you might remember from our review of Labyrinth, Jim Henson, uh, since Labyrinth was on a hiatus, he never produced another movie after Labyrinth. He still kind of, like, consulted and created some things, but he never really, like, got in uh, to making other movies because it wasn't didn't do commercially well, and it kind of just took him out. Uh, but this is his next step back into uh, the field. Um, so he helped this independent film because at this time, this is 1989 when they are in production, guys, big budget adaptations weren't really a thing the way it is now. Um, but he knew that in order to do this right, to bring the turtles to life, he would have to invent a completely new animatronic technology. And he did. And it was so good that it became the industry standard for animatronics today um and though jim henson did uh do a lot and contributed so much to the movie uh he didn't really uh like how uh excessively violent the movie was because that's not his style he doesn't like when characters are violent he just likes when characters are filled with nightmare fuel like in the dark crystal um, right 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 Right, so, I mean, he, he has a type. He's like, well, now this is too far. <laughs> so he's like, I built this thing. I created something beautiful. And you create destruction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And so New Line Cinema uh, ended up picking up the Ninja Turtles film um, for distribution. And good for them because they just laughed their way to the bank. It's just like, oh, you thought that this was going to be a flop. It is the most successful independent film ever. So the budget was $13 million, Grayson. $13.5 million. That's the price for Ninja Turtles in mm -hmm. 1990. Mm -hmm. They made $202 million. Ooh, that's a lot of green. Oh, yeah. And so the movie did stupidly well uh, in the box office because you're bringing the turtles to life 
on screen. Um, and they uh, even did some marketing with um, Pizza Hut, of course. Sure. Um, it was $20 million uh, marketing campaign, even though Domino's was you know, featured in the movie. I was going <laughs> to say, I remember it being a Domino's box going through the sewer grate. It was. Pizza Hut said, I eat your pizza. But if you remember, the D- the Domino's guy was late. So it was showing just <laughs> what a haphazard pizza company this is. Yep. Yeah. They show like, up oh, late. Oh. <laughs> They're rude. Sponsored mm-hmm. by Pizza Hut. Yep. <laughs> Uh, and, um, and yeah, the movie did so well, it spun off a sequel, uh, Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze the following year, 1991, uh, including Vanilla Ice, a lot more campy of a style. Um, we mentioned that this is based loosely on the cartoon, but really the first movie is based more on the original comic book, barring some elements from the cartoon show. Um, in the original comics, raises nerd glasses, all the turtles had matching red bandanas, and so... So it wasn't until they were brought into the cartoon where they were given color-coded bandanas. Um, and so they brought that into the live action, which later on became just canon for all Turtle stuff. Um, and um, it was much darker. They were actually borrowing from direct storylines from the original Ninja Turtles comic um, while just loosely interpreting and adding in things from TV shows like their uh love like love love for pizza uh as well as their pop culture references like they still kind of made references in the comics but like they cranked it up to 11 in the cartoon show so they added that more too and whereas secret of the ooze is much more of like a cartoon adaptation it's just like they're goofy they're hardly ever using their weapons i think there are like lots of like slipping and like cartoon sound effects that sort of thing um Isn't and there then, like a fight in a toy shop in Secret there is the opening <laughs> the opening okay. scene is just a whole fight scene in a toy shop it's it's great uh followed by ninja turtles 3 um which did not do as well uh i don't think they had access to the jim henson puppets so they kind of remade their own puppets which uh, didn't hold up as well. Uh, and so that came out, and I want to say around 1993, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but then there wasn't a, another live-action Turtles until 2012 uh, with the Bay Turtles. And then that continued the Turtle legacy. The Turtles have been still... Uh, even though they um, were not in the movie spotlight, they were still on TV. In 2002, they had a Ninja Turtles revival after the series ended, I want to say, in about 1996 or seven. So the show, the original run of the cartoon show was almost like 10 years. There was their um, ice show, Turtles on Ice. <laughs> right? Yes, we cannot forget about Turtles on Ice. It was called I, Turtle, uh, very much like a Tanya Harding type thing. Yeah. Absolutely. And... There was actually a a 2007 uh, movie called TMNT. Oh, I saw uh, that, yeah. And that was supposed to be a sequel to... That was more or less Ninja Turtles 4. uh, Because at the end of the movie, they did make references to the things that happened in the other Ninja Turtles movie, including the Time Scepter from the Ninja Turtles 3 movie Mm -hmm. um, and Shredder's helmet from the second Ninja Turtles. So... That was supposed to be in canon, just like the next retelling of it. Uh, so, most of that history was just from the top of my brain, you guys. I love the Ninja Turtles. Uh, 
but I can't hold all the knowledge of turtle stuff, so um, I'm going to give you guys some more fun facts. Did you know, Grayson? Probably not. <laughs> um, that all four actors who played the turtles in the suits, they made cameos as minor characters. David Foreman, uh, who was Leonardo, he is a gang member. Uh, Michelle Sisti, who played Michelangelo, was the delivery man, the pizza delivery man, the guy who's like, I got to get a different route. That was the guy who was um, in the suit of Michelangelo. Um, uh. Leif Tilden, uh, who played Don- who was in the suit of Donatello, wore one of the people who was in the suit. Also, um, Ernie Reyes, who later on, uh, became Kino in the second Ninja Turtles movie was also one of the actors inside of uh, the Donatello suit. But Leif Tilden uh, was a messenger of the foot. So the guy who says, April O'Neil, I have a message for you, and then slaps her, that was Donatello. Hmm. The voice for Donatello is famously uh, Corey Feldman. Right. Um, and then Joss Pace uh, was Raphael, and he was the passenger in the taxi who said, what was that? He's like, oh, it looks like a turtle in a trench coat. Not turtle in a trench coat, but he, the guy who said, what was that? Yeah. You're going to LaGuardia, right? <laughs> New York stuff. New York stuff. That's it. Uh, so those are some fun facts. Unless, Grayson, you had any more to add to that. Ricky, I knew that you would have so many fun facts just stored in your brain. I didn't look a <laughs> single thing up because I knew I didn't need to. Well, great. So, Grayson, uh, when was the last time that you watched this movie? The last time I watched this movie was when you and I were roommates. Yeah. Which does not help the audience. All right, great. So, if you guys know us personally, you know when this is. And fun fact, you win the no prize of knowing timelines. Good job. Good job, everybody. Uh, It's probably eight years ago. Yeah, about eight years ago. I watch this movie pretty regularly. Um, I actually watched it last year because I wrote a song. I wrote a Ninja Turtle song uh, called Run TMNT, which is a a parody of Run DMC's song, It's Tricky. Uh, And so I, like, rewatched the movie, and I basically wrote lyrics that, like, went with the story. We met this little girly. Her hair was kind of curly. We fought the foot to help her out and had to leave her early. I guess I left too quickly, lost my sight and felt guilty. Till Splinter, I could get it back. He said, it's not that easy. It's TMNT, time to rock a rhyme and fight some crime. It's tricky. If you want to download it, it's on uh, Bandcamp. Link in the description. So that was the last time I watched it. But gosh, this, you know how people say, hey, Ricky, if your name is Ricky. Mm-hmm. Um, but if your name's not Ricky, insert your name. They say, hey, human, what's your favorite movie? For years, this movie was at the top of that list until Scott Pilgrim vs. the World came out. And then I was like, I think this is my new favorite movie. Uh, But for several, several years, almost for most of those 28 years that it's been around, it's been my favorite movie. Um, Ninja Turtles was such a huge part of my childhood. I... I watched it just endlessly. I I watched the uh, 2002 series, and I just, gosh, it's just, it's been a part of my life for so long, I don't really remember a time when it wasn't uh, some part of my life. I actually met the guy um, who 
wrote the song Turtle Power, the song that plays at the end of this movie. Oh, uh, yeah. I actually met him in person at this Ninja Turtle party, and I got to work on a project with him where I was a cameraman. And, like, it was so weird just, like, getting to, like, meet him. His uh, his name is uh, Richard. Um, and he's a really cool guy. That can be, like, a full name. Like, nope. Uh, and be like vaguely familiar it's like nah it's just richard richie no i uh, i'm i'm glad that you shared that because whenever my uh wife saw me just watching the credits of the movie i had my headphones in when i was watching it and she goes oh you're done with the movie go not quite because they're doing a ninja turtle song right now and i know ricky's gonna say something about it <laughs> so i'm i'm glad that held true oh absolutely and fun fact um at the there is a deleted scene that was supposed to happen at the end of the movie where April O'Neil brings a comic. Like, what about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as a comic? And they said that would never work. And the turtles are like on this uh, little like window, just like what? And they kind of fall back, and it's comedy ensues. But yeah, that was supposed to be like a mm. uh, somewhat of a post credit sequence. Oh. And then Ron Howard goes, "But I could see it as a movie." <laughs> He does. And then we get a Netflix series where it's just complete departure, but like kind of similar feel to it. And there's just mixed reception about it. But there's definitely a movie. We're the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. (laughs) Hey, that's that's the name of the show. show. Um, Was there anything that you noticed this time watching that you haven't noticed before? Because I, I can't say anything to that. Because <laughs> you knew everything. Uh, similarly to what you said, I don't remember a time when this didn't exist. So for me, uh, I, I would equate this for you as to what Back to the Future was for me, uh, yeah. where it's you just like totally are in it. I, I definitely watched the show, and I had all the toys, and I, I watched the movies on repeat. I, I know it's not popular, but I remember watching the third one the most just because it had something to do with time travel. Uh, yep. And that that's just what I was into. So uh, re-watching it, there weren't a ton of surprises. Uh, more mild swearing than I remember. Oh, uh, yeah. Just kind of casual swear words. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. That, that uh, was my first swear word. Um, I remember as clear as day. Raphael says, damn. And then I, as a child, said, damn. And my mom said, Ricky, you can't say that. But I'm like, but mom, Raphael said it. So, so don't logic. Me. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, this. these are the influences in my life. Yep. And he just said it just as clear as day. I was just like, he just said it as a word I had never heard before. And yeah. then I did hear it, and I was like, hmm, it sounds right. It just yeah. sounds right. This is what you say when you're angry. <laughs> and he, like, shouted it, too. But, yeah, oh, man. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of swearing. And, and for a movie about – and for a movie that is really inspired and based off of a kid's show, like, I have to say, it it it's dark in a way that – doesn't like distract from the narrative 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think sometimes the tone of dark and gritty can distract from the narrative, especially when characters are supposed to be a little bit brighter. Um, I'll kind of like cite my man of steel as kind of like an example of oh, that. Yeah. Um, but the cool thing about the Ninja Turtles is that like they they kept it light where it was light because I think the thing as every time I watch this movie I keep on having new appreciation for it. Uh, but the big thing that I appreciate in this adaptation more than even the cartoon show uh, or the original cartoon show because they kind of cover this later series, um, the turtles feel like teenagers, yeah. um, especially '90s teenagers. This I, another reason why I love this movie is because it. To me, it feels like the perfect 90s period piece. Um, it's just like, hey, if you want to know what the 90s were like, watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. and just enjoy. Enjoy it. That's so true. Well, the technology, the the fashion, the way they speak, all of it is very uh, 90s. Uh, even though it was like 1990, it was the very beginning that yeah. they were they we watch a lot of movies where we're like, oh, I thought this movie was like five years older than it actually <laughs> is. This one yeah. was a little ahead so that it felt solidly nineties instead of late eighties. Um, right. And so I, I think you're right. I think it is a good kind of time capsule for that era. Uh even the puppetry. The puppetry is not eighties puppetry. It's not no. dark crystal, it's it's not labyrinth. Like it is 90s pushing forward. Uh, So, yeah, it's a good example of that. Seriously. I mean, the movie, this movie has everything. I mean, you have action, you have comedy, you have baby face Sam Rockwell leading the Foot Clan. Um, that's the thing. Like when I when I was old enough to realize that's Sam Rockwell. He's been here the whole time. <laughs> and I just had to say, like, one of my favorite things, uh, Elias Codier, who plays Casey Jones, is just my absolute favorite version, like of Casey Jones. Like he is such a oh, I just love him. I love him, I love that character. Um, one of my favorite lines is um, when when they return to the city and they're uh, they go into the sewers and Casey Jones is like really skittish and so he's like hey uh, I think I'm gonna stay out there and Dante says oh he's claustrophobic and then he says hey I've never even looked at another guy <laughs> it's just like just little little lines like that that's just like oh Casey. You are just, just a uh, just a perfect little gem of a of a character, and I just felt that he, he was he, like Elias like gave it his all, and he just felt like a real character that you would meet in that world, and why he would fit perfectly with the turtles as well, because he's he's a vigilante just like the turtles are, um, and their banter, his banter with Raphael is just one of my favorite. It's just like. Oh, when Raphael says, a Jose Canseco bat? Please, tell me you didn't pay money for this. And then he hits him. He's like, eh, two for one special. And then they just like fight and banter. It's just like, ugh. It's just, this is one of the first comic book movies that for me set the standard for comic book movies. Yeah. Um, I know for a lot of people it was probably Batman. But for me, it was Ninja Turtles because it had heart, action comedy, and nothing ever 
took over. Like, I just felt like they told a really tight and concise story with great arcs. I actually wrote a paper about it uh, when I was studying about three-act structure, about, like, how the Ninja Turtles, they just said, watch a movie, tell us how it breaks down the three-act structure. I'm like, Ninja Turtles, it has it. Um, the arcs for all the characters, for every turtle, um, every person, like, there are arcs for everyone, and it's just... It's great. I could gush about this movie yeah. forever. Really nice setups and payoffs as well, because uh, each bit, it feels like there is an introduction to it, and then about five minutes later, it actually pays off. And so that's why it feels fluid. It doesn't feel random because of that, mm-hmm. and they do a really nice job. Uh, one of the things that I picked up more on this time was the fight sequences, and I forgot how many fight sequences there are. They're actually like, if you equate this to a musical and just replace the songs with fighting, like it's about the same kind of ratio. Which is how they wrote Rent. There were a lot of fight yes. sequences. And then they said, you know what? Let's add music instead. Yeah. It's kind of the opposite of what we uh, pitched in the previous <laughs> podcast. Right. Take we out took the, the music songs. out of Rent. Now we took the fighting out and replaced it with music. Yeah. 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 I, uh, Casey Jones, though, I really honed in on his character uh, more. And the actor, he looks so familiar to me the whole time. And then I realized it because he is in every TV show that starts with Chicago. He's in <laughs> Chicago PD, Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, and Chicago Justice. And pretty soon, Chicago Dentistry. I think he's going to be. <laughs> Uh, You're bleeding because you didn't floss And also you were shot 48 times (laughs) Always playing Alvin Olinsky Oh yeah DDS (laughs) I think the cool thing about the Ninja Turtles Just as a concept is It's weird It's like a weird concept Like if you were to say Like if you were to travel back to like 1970s and say Hey One of the biggest franchises In not just the 90s But in 2000. 17 is gonna be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Someone's gonna say, hey, you belong right here in this era. This doesn't sound like a strange thing to be said from someone in the 70s. Um, So I'll have what he's having. (laughs) Uh, But after the smoke has settled, you'd be like, oh, these are the ravings of a madman. And I think there's something so unique and weird that just fits right with the Ninja Turtles because um, for me, the biggest lesson I've always learned from the Turtles is like, hey, no matter what the world says about you, you need to do the right thing. Like that's like as a kid, like the Ninja Turtles helped me a lot, like in school, like um, like the Turtles, like I, I remember as a kid, like realizing like, hey, well, the Turtles don't get thank yous. Like they save the world every day. And if the people knew who they were, they just call them freaks, but they just do it because it's the right thing to do. And they have each other, which is family. And that's the thing that I always just really appreciated about the turtles and how like every incarnation of the turtles has that message with the exception of uh, the next mutation, which will, that's just a whole another can of worms that we will not touch. Um, Oh, one thing I did pick up on that I had not before was that, this is their first fight mm-hmm. that they just came like the one by the, by the van. That was the first time they had ever fought. And yep. I had thought that they were pretty practiced at this point 
But no, that's that's why they're so excited because they're actually like out of the sewer now. Yeah. Oh man, and just like oh yeah, that whole th- scene of like we went out on a first battle and it was great. He's just like, listen, I know you're teenagers. Oh, and Splinter. Every single time I watch the movie, I just become more and more appreciative of Splinter. Splinter's like, listen, I know your kids. I know you're young. I'm just trying to give you as much information as I can. You're gonna do what you're gonna do, but like, trust me. I know the world out there. I've lived it. I'm trying to protect you from as much as I can. And then when he gets kidnapped and the turtles go back in, they're like, well, we have to kind of fend for ourselves. My favorite scene is when they're like training out uh, on that farm, April's old farm. It's just such a great scene and sequence. Like the rises and falls. I just can't, I can't even, I think a lesser movie would save that kind of, uh, like disappointment for like a sequel just like oh well let's just build up um how awesome they are and then like wait for their fall to be in like a sequel but like no like they i don't even think they were planning on doing a sequel um much like kevin eastman and peter laird weren't planning on doing another issue of ninja turtles fun fact um in the comic books shredder dies in the first issue so they so basically the whole pre the whole rooftop battle happens on the very first issue um Mm -hmm. of the comic and and at this point in time the turtles have basically just been you know brought up to revenge and murder shredder that's just the spencer's like oh um stuff went down i have these uh little turtles who are mutants um they are going to be ninja and they will carry out uh my revenge but he dies in the very first one because they weren't planning on making another issue it was they weren't trying to make a series but it just did so well in the comics that um you know kind of like are imitating life uh the movie did the same they made the first movie and they're like all right well we we at least made the movie and let's try and make it as good as we can and it did so well that they said you you're gonna make another one uh we just made a uh movie math 300 400 profit off of this movie uh we're making another one let's let's do this and I, you're totally right about saving the kind of downfall that you see for a sequel, like that would be spread out. Age of Ultron. I wrote down, you know, I was like, okay, this is an adventurous farmhouse scene. Like, but that is something that they waited a long time to get to. Like, no, not here. Like we're going to rise and fall. If every movie act like it was the only movie in the series, we would get much more compelling stories. And I totally agree. Turtles just goes for it. Uh, and I really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, it's it was fun to watch. It feels very self-contained, and uh, it was refreshing. I think that's the biggest thing. It was just refreshing. Well, Grayson, um, the pizza's late. Oh yeah, three dollars <laughs> off. I I told the guy like, listen, wise man once say that forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for a head cannon. Head cannon. <laughs> Sponsored by Pizza Hut. (laughs) Not a sponsor. Tired of your pizza blowing up? That's Domino's way of doing things. Not at Pizza Hut. (laughs) Uh, Headcanon is a part of the show where we share with you unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. So, Grayson, I, I, I know this movie inside and out. I know. Um, it was it was really tough for me to come up with some head cannon, but I think I did. 
as 90s as this movie is, um, I actually think that the Ninja Turtles takes place in a post-apocalyptic future. Interesting. Um, so, biggest thing being that, um, like, the ooze is the thing that mutates the turtles. Now, turtle fans will know that the ooze is actually um, an alien biofuel, basically. Um, that Obviously. <laughs> obviously. Um, and so, it, yeah, it becomes this thing that... Um, Basically, this alien race was trying to make a fuel to help them get off the planet Earth because they were kind of stranded. Um, but then they they kind of retconned it for the series. So that's why um, TGRI uh, is the name that is on the canister in the movies. And TCRI um, is on the canister in pretty much every other incarnation because tcri stands for techno cosmic Re- research institute um and tgri stands for techno global research institute so another fun fact um off the top of my brain um so basically the idea for the movie is that uh because there was a nuclear fallout kind of like civilization kind of went you know backwards like like forward backwards kind of like um you know mad max and how it's kind of 90s punk like or 80s punk like things Mm -hmm. and so i think the turtles are kind of the last they don't know this of course but the turtles and splinter are kind of like the last remaining um kind of like mutations of this nuclear fallout from like this long lost era that's great it's kind of like oh, an Adventure Time feel. Yeah, exactly. That's a that's a better shortcut than <laughs> what I was talking about. Uh, yeah, no, Adventure Time. That's great. Sweet. So I knew that you know this movie inside and out, and I'm very uh, self-aware of the uh, possibility that you'll be like, well, actually, that's a thing, or this is why you're wrong. But there are so many opportunities here where, like, they say, who are we going to call, which is like, maybe it's a Ghostbusters thing. Uh, mm. Shredder at one point straight up says with his mask on, I am your father. Uh, it's like, maybe that's a thing. Uh, we already mentioned the Avengers farmhouse. I even went as far as to think that maybe each of the turtles represented one of the personalities in multiplicity. But <laughs> what I ultimately landed on uh, was that Ninja Turtles is directly connected to Super Mario Brothers. Now, the reason I think that, one, pipes two uh i first started thinking about it early in the movie when there is a van and on the side of it it says mario's diaper service uh they're loading stuff into it it's like sure we know mario's a plumber but diapers are pretty close so i was like maybe (laughs) also we know from the movie it's also his last name mario mario thumbs down uh (laughs) Every movie's a miracle. Uh, I so I was like, okay, Mario. Like I saw the word Mario, started thinking Mario. Then in the origin flashback, whenever the little turtles are growing from the ooze, straight up look like Koopas. 
So Absolutely. the idea is that the those turtles, uh, I know they came from like Splinter's jar and all that, but basically Splinter said that he grew in intellect after he was in the ooze, but he was still doing all of the martial arts moves before that. So he is like a super rat ahead of time. Um, so the idea is that these five came through the pipe together, uh, which was a mm. pipe that connected the Mushroom Kingdom to New York. Uh, and that, that is, they are actually uh, the same species, same race as Bowser, and that they have uh, been exposed to and grown up it, with very different circumstances than Bowser did. But ultimately, like they could go toe-to-toe with him. Uh, and uh, if they had grown up in the Mushroom Kingdom, would have been very similar state or maybe they would have stayed little like that and been koopas um so the reverse head canon of that means that bowser is the way he is because bowser has been exposed to the ooze and then came back through the pipe to rule the mushroom kingdom whoa also fun fact because you did mention a couple of things that were actually canon uh lightning round of actual ninja turtle crossovers that are actually canon Ninja Turtles and the Ghostbusters, Ninja oh. Turtles and Batman. Oh. Um, they're actually about to do their second run, and watching Batman fight Shredder is one of the just childhood crossover things I never thought I needed in my life. Um, <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, check well, out you, Amazon. You also it's, mentioned it's the good. Daredevil crossover earlier, and mm-hmm. that one I, I wrote down because I was like, I want nothing more than Casey Jones to fight the Punisher. Uh, I think that would be an amazing fight. And you could also, it would be done. (laughs) Uh, A whole army arsenal against a hockey stick. Um, But whatever the Ninja Turtles Daredevil crossover is, it's got to be called Hand and Foot. Done. Yeah. Done. Oh, and third point of that headcanon. Master Yoshi. Done. Yep. That's it. It's right there in plain sight. All right. Now it's time to go into the part of the show where we talk about recast and remakes. So, I mean, this movie was recently remade and who I would cast in a live action remake of this Ninja Turtles, which I would just love to see. Um, I would cast, of course, um, for April O'Neil, for me, it's, of course, Emma Stone. I think Emma Stone as uh, April O'Neil would be great. I think my version would have still animatronics um, or maybe doing a where the wild things are, where the suits are real, oh, yeah. but like they animate the faces. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, I would love that. But uh, for Splinter, I would love Jackie Chan. Um, I think Jackie Chan would be a great Splinter. I would love then for uh, Shredder to be Jet Li. Uh, I just say that that would just be a cool thing. Then to see them like fight, like do some more hand to hand fighting instead of just a one swift move over um, <laughs> a rooftop. Um, and then for Casey Jones, oh man, that's tough for me. Uh, I know that they um, got uh, Mr. Arrow Boy, uh, Stephen Amell, uh, in the last one. Um, I would. I would probably go more along the lines of, oh, you know who would be great? Jake Johnson. 
Mm. I think he can do like a gruffer, kind of more macho kind of Casey Jones. I think he would be amazing yeah. uh, as Casey Jones, uh, especially a, a opposite of uh, Emma Stone. I think that would be great. Um, and then for the Turtles, gosh, that's going to be tough for me. Um, I want Michelangelo uh, to be Danny Pudi. No, Donatello would be Danny Pudi. And then uh, I would want Donald Glover to be... Raphael. Um, then hopping over to Brooklyn Nine-Nine, um, I think Andy Samberg would be a really fun Michelangelo. Um, and then uh, I'm trying to think of a Leonardo because I always kind of hated Leonardo as a kid. Oh, no. um, he was my favorite. No way. Yeah. Gosh, no, Raphael was my favorite as a kid. And then as I grew up, I'm like, oh, no, I'm Michelangelo. He is me. I am him and he is me. And I was always Donatello and Leonardo. No way. Yeah. I I always loved playing. um, I bought my first. So my very first Comic-Con I went to, I bought a bow staff. And um, with just the most approval of my parents, like, sure. (laughs) It's like, oh, this is great. This is a um, good idea. <laughs> um, I would say Leonardo, um, either going back to community, Joel McHale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or and Chevy Chase as Krang. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to save Danny Pudi and Donald Glover for uh, Bebop and Rocksteady? Thank you, Grayson. Thank you for uh, being a better Turtle fan than me. <laughs> um, I wasn't sequel, sure I yes. was saying it correct. Yep. <laughs> no, you're right. Good. Bebop and Rocksteady. Great. <laughs> you weren't sure you were saying those nonsensical names, right? <laughs> Just hold up my hand. Uh, oh, I sweated. <laughs> oh yeah, be be booping and and rockadoodle. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yo, you're absolutely right. So then, taking the t- taxi backsies, uh, Lamorne Morris. I think I would want him to be Michelangelo. No, I want him to be Raphael. Um. Okay, I want Anthony Anderson to be Raphael, mm. um, Lamorne Morris to be Michelangelo, and then for Donatello, um, T.J. Miller seems oh. to be a good go-to voice. Oh, he'd be a really good or Josh Gad. Oh gosh, no, Josh Gad for Donatello for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then, um. Oh, duh. Well, if it were today, today, um, if it were today, I think we all know who would be Donatello, um, and that would be none other than uh, Sheldon Cooper, Jim Parsons. Mm. But then, I think finally, final casting: uh, Michelangelo, Lamorne Morris, uh, Anthony Anderson, Raphael, and then Leonardo. Well, no, uh, yeah, let's go with uh, Coach. Uh, Damon Wayans Jr. because I can't get enough of him. Yeah, uh, I think he could be serious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Nice. That's my cast. Solid cast. Uh, for mine, I took it all a little bit older with the remake under the premise of basically middle-aged mutant ninja turtles. <laughs> so uh, for April, I have Amy Adams for. Uh, Casey Jones, Christopher Maloney from Law and Order, because uh, mm. I basically thought that it was him for the first twenty minutes of the movie. 
Um, then for uh, Splinter, I really like the Jackie Chan casting. I would like to hear James Hong. Uh, James Hong Ooh. is a great character actor. He's been around forever. Um, he, I think he's just super funny, and he could be really good at that. Uh, and then for Shredder, um, maybe uh, Jet Li also was a great choice. I would maybe move Jackie Chan to that part because I would like to see Jackie Chan do something darker um, mm-hmm. as he continues to like embrace his his uh, his age as he keeps moving on in his career. It could be an interesting take on Jackie Chan because I can't really remember ever seeing him as like a villain. Uh, mm-hmm. but this would be like a comic book villain, which is more accessible. So I think that'd be good. And then for the turtles, I'm going to go back to multiplicity and say Michael Keaton for all four of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm on board with that. Great. I am so on board with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're going to go to our final segment where we give you reasons to recommend. Grayson, why would you recommend the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Exactly what we said before about this being a self-contained story in a world that is built around sequels, uh, this movie is standalone. Uh, and the sequels are there to re-explore the characters later, but for this one, you can watch it and you get a start-to-finish story that does not leave you with a cliffhanger. It is uh, a great representation of the individual personalities of the Turtles, and they still do a good job at anchoring it in the real world. So um, it's resonant, it's self-contained, the setups and payoffs make it feel organic, and at the heart of it is this outlandish premise that you just accept. Um, So I, uh, I recommend it for those reasons. It was incredibly refreshing to see a story that um, is one uh, comic book, driven and adapted and too self-contained um i can't remember the last time i i saw a comic book adaptation that wasn't banking on there being a sequel uh, and it really does change the tone of the movie so uh for those reasons i recommend it absolutely yeah i'd recommend this movie because um Gosh, all the nostalgia. Um, I also want to bring up a quick point uh, that ties into why I would recommend this movie. I saw the uh, Bay Turtles, uh, the sequel. uh, It was called uh, Ninja Turtles 2 Out of the Shadows. And I only like kind of enjoyed the movie. Um, But when the credits rolled, uh, these kids were in the audience and they were just as excited as ever they were like jumping over their seats and like playing ninja turtles they're like shouting out cowabunga and they're like chasing each other i'm like this was for them like this this was for them and it's for like i'm so beholden to this movie because it was my first introduction to the turtles and i think that there's some kind of magic for people who first see these people or these characters who don't look like other people um but still do the right thing are cool um and you want to be like them uh you want to be quick quippy you want to be smart you want to be a leader you kind of want to be a little edgy like you you identify with 
a different personality type that you see in yourself. Um, and rewatching this movie, however many times I have, always reignites that. It sparks this kind of childlike uh, joy of like seeing your heroes come to life on screen. Like the first time that they turn that corner and they kind of tease you, they like show the title and you see the turtles for the first time, your mind is blown. You're like, those are the tur- like if I go to New York right now, these guys are in the sewer. Like they are so believable. Um, they come to life and their movements, their mannerisms, their personalities, they're so distinct. Um, but yeah, I'd recommend it for that. If you were ever a fan of the turtles and you it's been more than a year um, that you've seen this movie. It's definitely worth a rewatch. Um, I would say that some of the um, action might feel a little slow just compared to, you know, modern action scenes. But besides that, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good time. And I definitely recommend it watching it with uh, um, any younger um, human that knows you. <laughs> Some good rules to put in place. Yeah, good rules to put in place. So yeah, that's why I'd recommend it. Nice. So that is our review of the 1990 movie Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Let us know what you remember about these radical dudes uh, making their film debut on Twitter. We are at Flashback Flicks, and it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Really helps the show out and lets other people know that this podcast is legit. Mm. Uh, too legit to quit, even. Uh, if you could leave us a rating on a scale of one to five slices of pizza. Yeah. Or we could really make it convoluted and be on a scale of one half to 10 full half turtle shells. (laughs) You have a hero in a half shell, but in this case, that would only be like a 0.5. So since it's five total, but you you need two per each single increment, you have 10 full shells. So 10 Mm -hmm. full half shells is five. Use whatever scale resonates with you. (laughs) Yeah. And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Brought to you by Pizza Hut. (laughs) Pizza Hut, Domino sucks.